a whole month off, you can lose anywhere between 8 and about 15% fitness. And if you have four weeks of absolutely nothing, it should only take you four weeks, maximum eight weeks to get back. So you guys need to remember that when you're having a day off, it's a little bit psychological. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey there, Cam here from Team Sirius. This week on the live chat, Beck reminds us to take some time off if we're sick or injured. She also talks about the grey zone, how to stay out of it, and Siri's unique approach to dealing with anxiety on the start line. If you want to join these chats live, head over to www.teamseriestriclub.com and join the club today. Hey everybody, welcome to the live chat. Sorry I am a couple of minutes late. I've just been trying to work out how many live chats we have done and we have been in existence now for just under two years. So I believe we have close to 100 live chats uh, on our uh, platform available as a podcast now also. And I'm gonna welcome on people as I see them come on. I'm going to first, I see Justin Maples is on watching live. Justin had surgery today on his uh, labral tear in his shoulder. So if anybody's experiencing anything similar, let us know. But it's kind of a major surgery where they will repair the tear and um, he's gonna be back and firing next year. So I wanna say fast healing to Justin, send him all your vibes and love and well wishes to heal fast. Justin, we hope that labral tear heals really quick. For a guy with an extremely high pain threshold, the only thing I think that can slow him down is if he just does too much too soon. So remember, one day off is not going to hurt you guys. I know a lot of you worry about time off. And just to give you an example, uh, a, a whole week off, you're going to lose less than 1%. Two weeks completely off, you're going to lose no more than 4%. And you'll get that back within two weeks. So a whole month off, you can lose anywhere between 8 and about 15% fitness. And if you have four weeks of absolutely nothing, it should only take you four weeks, maximum eight weeks to get back. So you guys need to remember that when you're having a day off, it's a little bit psychological. You need to heal and rest and recuperate and recover. So don't ever think you're going to lose fitness in just two weeks of absolutely nothing. It actually could be good for your body. Um, Marinda Caffrey has two weeks off completely after Kona every single year, and she does two months of no uh, intensity. So there you go. Good enough for a four-time world champion. It's good enough for, for anybody. Welcome to Amy, Maddie Vella, I can see Megan, uh, Janet, Gabby. Hi, guys. Uh, Siri's going to join us in a little bit, but I wanted to get through a few uh, bookkeeping things first and actually uh, uh, make sure that I pay attention to uh, something really specific, a question that has been asked, and I think we definitely need to... Um, uh, discuss it. So I also want to welcome our new members. This week we had Lisa Christensen and Bianca Tanner. If you guys are on, I want to welcome you. And I also want to say thank you to Janet Dixon and Mona Tobias who did their priming every single day for a week from last week. And they said they started to really feel the change after a few days. And I congratulate you guys. And if anybody else did it, even if you didn't do it every single day, if you could do it a couple of times a week, let us know like how you felt and uh, the changes and I really do think that um, 
it's more for me like a gratitude of being grateful for three things every single day. I really feel like that helps. Hey, Mary Carmen, Farius, how are you? Also, you guys, um, our podcast episode three is up with MC, Mary Carmen, our team nutritionist, uh, nutrition expert, who also was, as you know, the winner of Monterey 70.3 with a uh, age group record on that course. And I believe one of the fastest bike splits ever by a female age group athlete, two hours and 16 minutes. So, uh, MC is on our podcast. We're talking about uh, how she went from being a, a, a non-triathlete to uh, uh, winning on the podium about within about two years of being coached by Siri and I. So that is a really good podcast. There's a lot of um, cool takeaways. I actually listened to it again and take, took some notes because it's an amazing podcast and there is a lot of takeaways for you guys and MC's three tips. I can't remember exactly what they were, but they're around the point of uh, positive incantations, telling yourself that you can and stating that and believing it uh, mindset for sure surrounding yourself with a group that motivates um, remember you're the five closest people you hang around are the people you uh, it, that's who you become so uh, there was one other one that I'm missing, but MC, if you can remember, jump on. But it was really important. Mindset was obviously everything and telling herself that she could and she did and actually believing it and saying it with um, with real intention. So there you go. And priming, yes, I'm so glad you guys love that. It's something Siri and I do at least. Um, Siri does it every single day. I do a gratitude every morning. Three things I'm grateful for. Both for eight, even touch my phone, open the blinds, have a coffee, and then I'll go and do catch up on my emails. But I make sure the first 30 minutes is um, I'm bringing attention to all the things that I'm, I'm grateful for in my life. And it actually starts your day really beautifully. If I don't do it, I feel terrible. I actually feel like crap all day. So, uh, And I want to mention, Nick, I just saw Nicole do back. Come on. And we all have things going on at home. I know Nick has has a very very sick dog who's going in for surgery or did go in for surgery so Nick I'm hoping that because you're watching that means that it may have gone okay and we're sending you so much love please let us know how your puppy is I really really hope that uh, she's doing okay uh, and what else do we have to mention uh, obviously Justin had his surgery today too so we had, we had two surgeries today Justin's shoulder surgery we're wishing you all the best Justin for your recovery and I want to congratulate some amazing performances from our team. And you guys don't be shy to post on our Facebook wall because uh, we had some members, thankfully, thank you to, I know it was uh, Diana Hassel who got first in her 70.3 and uh, Jill Kosky was third. So first and third, and they thankfully posted on our wall because otherwise we may not get to you or remember everybody's races. So congratulations to Diana and Jill, first and third in their 70.3 on the weekend. Team Sirius, almost a podium sweep there. So that was amazing. Um, Laverne Baker told us that she did a seven minute PR and we're gonna to touch on some of the things she asked too. A seven minute PR in her sprint, I think it was a sprint race, which is just crazy to go that much faster in a sprint. That is a huge improvement. Um, and other questions, guys, bring them up and uh, while, we, while we're on here, but I was, wanna also congratulate our very own coach and pro athlete turned pro uh, last year, or might have been the start of this year, Maddie Pesh has qualified in her first year as a pro for 70.3 World Championships as a professional. Hey, Monique. Uh, so I am so proud of her. Uh, she came to us uh, with a dream of becoming a professional, and she's not only done that in her first year, but she's 
qualify for world championships. So Maddie knows this and I'm going to announce it now officially. And I know that Maddie knows, but we're going to tell the whole team we're really excited because each year Quintana Roo will donate a frame to one of our athletes. Uh, I think the frame's around $4,000 and she will be getting a PR6 frame from our sponsors, Quintana Roo, as a congratulations from Siri and I. She's the athlete that we chose and uh, MC got the beautiful pink one last year and we really felt like Maddie deserved and earned that so Mads I know you're listening um congratulations on that absolutely deserved Maddie Vella how are you I'm glad you're feeling much better um so welcome everybody if you're just joining we're just talking about uh, some of the results on the weekend some amazing results by uh, a couple of our athletes who did PRs we had Laverne Baker doing a PR Jill Kosky and Dana Hassel first and third and Maddie Pesh qualifying for world champs and then this weekend we have my favorite race in the entire planet is Roth, Challenge Roth. And it's where I did my PR. I don't want to talk about myself, but I do have great memories there because I ran to 8.39 with Chrissy Wellington, 8.39 minutes. In 2009, we both broke the world record, although someone reminded me that once I crossed the line, the record had already been broken and reset, so I didn't actually officially break it, but I still consider myself breaking it. So. She went 8.32, I went 8 hours and 39 minutes, and my splits were 48 swim, I think it was a 4.50 bike and a 2.55 run. And this weekend, um, the reason why I'm saying that is not to get accolades for it, is that Troy Ramiro is there racing, and I actually believe that he is gonna destroy that time. Troy is so fit, he's there racing, Brian Obercon is there racing, hoping to make the cutoff, which I absolutely believe he can. Uh, hey, Crystal, and hey, Lauren. And I'm most well now that Crystal's on, because I really wanted her to be on when I answer this question. Um, something we have to address tonight is, uh, and it's an absolutely great question, and Crystal, I'm very grateful that you asked this because I think it's really, really important. Um, I know I've seen a lot of athletes, and I've even seen professionals doing this, and it's really, I, don't, I, I think it's more lack of knowledge and education than anything. They're not deliberately trying to cheat because I don't really believe it's a form of cheating, although it is illegal underwater, that any athlete cannot have an intravenous drip injection, vitamin injection, anything like that, saline, nothing. The only time that you would be allowed to do that is if you have a therapeutic use exemption. And that doesn't matter if you're professional or age group. Uh, a triathlon is a world anti-doping uh, um, sport. It comes under the World Anti-Doping Association. So athletes are not allowed to have any form of IV. And I really think that it sucks that there ha just hasn't been education out there on letting people know that this is actually illegal. And I know that... Someone also brought up that uh, there's events around somewhere in the US where they're actually providing uh, IVs after the race. It's, that is completely illegal. And it's definitely, I know, illegal. Um, and I, I don't quote me on this because I need to be a little more educated on the exact rules for specific races. But I know that any triathlon USA sanctioned event, you are not allowed to have an intravenous anything drip unless you have a medical reason like you're replacing fluids because you're completely, I had to have it in Kona a couple of times, which is, you know, obviously 110 degrees and 90% humidity. And uh, I needed it, otherwise I would have been in hospital. So there are times when you have to have it, but you do need a medical clearance or a TUE for that. So anybody who's doing it, I would tell you straight away, to protect the integrity of yourself and the club, do not do anything IV uh, unless you have a medical need for that and it's approved by your doctor. It's just much better to be safe than sorry. And I posted something on the wall before answering Crystal's question about that, uh, the, uh, the uh, US 
the USADA's rules, which is USA anti-doping rules. And um, for you, some of you, this might be a complete shock because I know that there is just no education out there about that. And it's my job as your coach and your leader to let you know um, that that is actually the case, even though some of you may not have been informed of that. So just make sure, guys, that you always have a clearance to get an IV. Like, it's it's just not allowed. And I think there definitely being, needs to be more awareness about that. So I wanted to touch on that. Sorry, it's not a very exciting topic, but I think it's really, really important that um, we're protecting our integrity and everybody else's and make it a safe environment and uh, make it a fair, fair playing field. And although I don't think that a vitamin C drip is really, you know, a disadvantage, especially if you have low levels, but I do think that uh, people will take advantage to saturate their blood and try and hide certain other um, illegal substances. Apparently, after reading um, the section on it today, educating myself, that is what some athletes have done in the past. So I understand that they have to have that rule. Uh, whether we agree with it or not. So there you go. That's that. That's that homework done for that. And um, now I'm going to go to more questions, um, some more fun stuff. So write your questions, guys, if you have them. Because I had a girl, uh, oh, it's Laverne, actually, who did her PR, her seven-minute PR. Um, don't mind my doggy who is literally digging. If anybody knows why dogs do this, let me know. He likes to dig on his bed even though he's digging nothing. I don't know why they do that. Maybe Mona can tell us because she's a bit of an expert here on dog training. So my dog likes to dig. If you hear that noise, he's digging on his bed. Um, so excuse that noise. A bourbon drip. Oh, my God. Justin, I know you're on um, like a lot of painkillers right now for your shoulders. So you might that bourbon drip might just take you over the edge, buddy. So I wouldn't recommend that right now. Um, Okie dokie. So I wanted to talk about, um, Laverne asked me about, um, she is on the uh, one of our programs and she did her sprint race and PR by seven minutes. And I believe it must've been all in the swim because she said her bike and run weren't the same. And the first thing I wanted to say is that you can't always compare your times on the same course because often the course won't be measured exactly the same way they may bring the cones in and you might turn a little earlier uh they might be measured to a t so you could be a minute quicker a minute slower there so it's really hard to compare race courses unless you're honestly sitting on a trainer doing an ftp test and there's no outside environmental influence so i would say courses are hard like there's a the good thing is to compare a course to as the same course each year, but if there's wind or a certain uh, number of athletes clogging the course where there's drafting or anything like that, it can all affect the temperature, can all affect your time. So I think the best measurement, as much as we're very against um, constantly measuring in metrics, the best measurement is to do a, a, a flat out test in the pool, like a time trial in the pool with the exact, using the exact same swimming lane or swimming pool that you've used before. Um, an FTP test on the bike or the same treadmill doing like we do say a 30 minute um, as hard as you can go and as far as you can go in 30 minutes on exactly the same treadmill under the same sort of temperature so you're in the same gymnasium on the same treadmill so stuff like that is a really good way to measure but in saying that Laverne you were asking about you haven't improved on the swim and the bike and there's so many things um, that you I would have to know to answer that better but I would say the biggest thing that would stand out for me would be often we find athletes when they read the program it's all on rate of passive exertion or RPE so basically a 1 to 10 scale so 7 being about 70.3 pace 
somewhat hard and uh, it's like a 9 out of 10 is hard. A 10 out of 10, max, when it says max all out effort, 10 out of 10. So that's basically, usually that would only be for 30 seconds or a minute and that's usually something where it's going to lift your VO2. So there's always, when it says max out all out effort, it's usually got, it should always have really long recovery. And that's um, a 10 out of 10 effort-wise. So when we do our program on your bike and your run, you're saying where well, you didn't improve. Rate of perceived exertion, um, often people get confused when it says Ironman pace or 70.3 pace or Olympic pace or sprint pace because they will tend to go for that effort of the actual speed that they held in the last race. And really what you want to do is you want to think about what would I ideally speed would I ideally like to do in that race and go a little above that so for me I mean race pace perceived exertion is more kind of an 8 out of 10 when I was fit and I was racing and uh, the effort would be always be a little bit above what I thought I could hold in Ironman so if I was going to go out and ride for five hours that day what could I hold that day with that fatigue level where I'm at fitness wise where I'm at in the season and it depends on so many things because it depends where you're at in the season how fit you're feeling how tired you are and that's why we always use RPE because numbers really are they change all the time and it depends on so many things can affect um can affect those numbers so RPE is what we use so I would say Laverne my biggest tip would be to make sure that your heart is really hard your easy is really easy. Stay out of your gray zone. Uh, the gray zone is like the dreaded zone. The gray zone, for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of like if you're the talking zones, it's kind of like the zone three. It's not all out. It's not really hard. It's not really easy. It's at a point where you can't really hold a conversation. But the problem with staying in that zone all the time, especially on the bike and the run where Laverne hasn't improved, is that you can never go hard in the hard because you're exhausted from kind of going moderate all the time. And your easy is never easy enough for you to be able to recover. And a lot of age groupers get stuck in that in that dreaded gray zone. So I would say really read the session, ask questions, jump on, ask. If you don't understand what the program says, jump on the wall and ask. Because tag Maddie and I in it, tag Siri in it, and we will always reply. And our athletes that know us and understand our program, our philosophies, uh, that are on our programs or our one-on-one -on -one athletes will also jump in and have their interpretation of it as well. So I think that is your best bet. Uh, if you don't understand the program, please, please, please ask, guys. We are here to help you. And often it can be hard when, when it says hard. It's like, well, how hard's hard? And if it's a one-minute hard, three minutes easy, obviously you, you can kind of pace yourself to go a lot harder if it's a one-minute hard effort with three recovery rather than uh, and 10 of them rather than 10 by one-minute hard with only one-minute recovery. So you have to sort of think and be smart and use your intuition to say, this effort, I've got to hold back a little bit more because I've only got a minute recovery. So you've really got to learn to trust your body. And again, your hard, your perceived effort, it's so important, perceived effort, because if your coach is giving you something like hold 400 watts for that 30 seconds and you're exhausted and you can only get to 300, but it's absolutely as hard as you can go for a 30 second max effort, it's you can only do what you can do in the day. So that's why I hate numbers. Another uh, where I can relate to numbers is training in Florida, one of my athletes who his coach always said just five minute K pace is your easy pace, your race pace is four minute 15 K pace and your hard race, your hard effort should be at 330 K pace and 
that's kind of irrelevant when it's 100 degrees Celsius outside and you're sitting in zone four at five minute K pace on an easy run and it doesn't become an easy run anymore. So you really have to be smart with that. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're all hearing me on that. So let me know if you're understanding what I'm saying or if you have any more questions on that because it is really important that the first thing is ask questions and know that when we say race pace perceived effort, it is the race that you are doing next or the race for the program that you're on. So you, most of you are on 70.3 plans. So give us a thumbs up, guys, if you understand this. Um, when we say 70.3 RPE in the plan, um, most people tend to go a little bit harder than 70.3 pace, but it is what is the pace I want to hold in this race in 16 weeks time, my goal is to ride at 2.30, like if I had to ride two and a half hours right now for as hard as I could for two and a half hours, what is that pace that I could hold? And you wanna go, you can go a touch, touch harder in training than, you know, like don't look at your power and go, oh, I could never hold 2.20 watts, so I'm not gonna go above that. Like you have to kind of, you know, you can push that little bit more, but you still have to bring it back to effort. Okay, today is going to be 70.3 effort, so it's about a 7 out of 10. So that's usually the best way to guide it. 7 to 8 out of 10 uh, effort-wise for a 70.3. If you're doing Olympic racing, it's a little shorter, and I tend to think that's more of an 8 out of 10, closer to an even 8.5. Ironman pace is 7, or depending on your pain threshold, 6 to 7, but usually for me, an Ironman effort would be about a 7 out of 10. Okay, any more questions, you guys? Do you have tools for managing performance anxiety? We're gonna ask Siri that one too, because she's so, so good with, uh, with that sort of thing. Um, I think you have to practice it, Amy. Thank you, great question. I think practicing that in training as well. So it depends what makes you anxious, or maybe you don't know, you're just, you just have anxiety. But I think nerves before a race for me meant that um, it was more that I was nervous of how I was so fit, like, am I going to do as well as I know that I can? So I think that's where my anxiety used to come in. Yours might come in from, oh my God, there's a hundred people on the start line that I'm starting with and I have anxiety of being drowned in the swim and that's terrifying. So I think um, the best way to control it and remember where focus goes, energy flows. I know this is, <laughs> Siri says that all the time, but I think just focusing on other things like I used to often, um, this is a crazy thing, but I used to often crack jokes on the start line with my friends. Um, we'd have a bit of a laugh or I'd think of something funny or I'd have my sister distract me and totally talk about something apart from the race so that I wasn't nervous. And I remember my best races ever was when I was relaxed, having fun and literally joking with my mates on the start line. And Siri said that she used to pee on the start line and to get everybody in a good mood. And she was always just cracking jokes on the start line. I think that um, adrenaline helps with the anxiety. And usually anxiety is just like a form of like excitement. But um, it is, I, I think we can definitely ask Siri about that one and what she uses, what tools she uses, but I feel like it's really what you focus on. Maddie, if you want to add your, how you, you, you tap into controlling your anxiety, Mads, because I know Maddie, uh, and I know Mary Carmen too, um, there was a lot of pressure on Maddie turning pro that she, I know she put on herself. Um, see, Maddie peed at the start, that must have helped Mads. Um, there you go. But I know Maddie puts a lot of pressure on herself, and it's hard. Your first year pro, there's a lot of expectation that you put on yourself, not just um, everybody else. But I always used to remember that even at the World Championships, Sometimes I'd have a fleeting thought, oh my God, this is a nine hour race. 
this is gonna hurt like hell for nine freaking hours and I would have this fleeting thought, oh my God, I don't know if I can do it. It's nine hours of pain, it's a world championship, so I'm terrified, the best in the world are here, I've got a chance of winning or podium and it, I would have to just, sorry, that was my sister. <laughs> I'd honestly have to switch that off immediately to go to the point where I would say, I'm so just grateful to be here. And at the end of the day, my wife's going to be there loving me, giving me a hug. No matter how I go, my family's still going to love me. My athletes are still going to love me. And at the end of the day, whatever happens, um, it's really in the big scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Whoops. Sorry, that's my sister trying to call me. She doesn't know I'm on a live chat. Simi, if you're on, you please need, please don't call me. I'm on a live chat right now. <laughs> hey, Cam Langsford, how are you? Okay, so anyone else who has tips of that, how they control their anxiety? I'm kind of lucky, and I know that Siri had a lot of anxiety as a kid. Um, I mean, she was a mute for three years. She had um, uh, obsessive compulsive, and she had, um, you know, a lot of stuff that she had to deal with and I'm very lucky at the fact that I didn't really have a, I've never really had I've never really been an anxious person and I'm very grateful for that but um when she comes in we'll definitely ask her to um I hope I helped you a little bit with that Maddie's saying realizing it's experiences that matter not the results in the end you're doing it for you not for other people oh that's so true so thank you maddie it's so true you're doing it for you not for other people and i think we put so much pressure on ourselves and my athlete said to me i don't want to let you down and i say you're never letting me down the only time you would let me down is if you pulled out because you fed you said you felt crap and it just wasn't your day uh i would be really disappointed if that happened but that never happens with my athletes because it's not the culture that we develop here so yep yep and MC, if you're on, um, please, I know MC, you're amazing with this stuff and it is all about mindset. And I think MC, she has some great tools and MC came into the group being the slowest in every single discipline. And I think that had to have, you have to have a great mindset and a, and a winning mindset and a positive mindset to be dealing with that every day too. So I'd be interested to see what uh, MC has to say on that as well. But I hope that helped, Amy. I think honestly, it's all about what you're focusing on. And um, if you just line up being grateful for being there, it's easier to say than to do, but keep telling yourself that. I often would go through sessions that I'm proud of. Oh my God, I remember this swim session I did. Oh my God, I remember this bike session I did. And the night before the race, I would actually read my diary and I think I was underprepared and I'd read all these ridiculously hard sessions that I'd done and think oh I'm so ready and I think you have to have that confidence just in yourself that quiet confidence so and of course you're prepared I mean I've seen your results I've seen you improving and we're so proud of you know how far you've come with this too Amy so you should be really proud you should be proud don't be afraid to be proud of that and to say it and like MC stated I am going to have the fastest bike split in Monterey and it actually happened but she had to say it with conviction Siri made her say it like 10 times over it really works because those incantations you believe what you say and you, your emotions trigger everything. So I think if you're actually believing what you're saying, it makes a huge difference. Thanks, Becca. Very bad. Swim anxiety. Yeah, MC, MC did used to have and still does have sometimes not anywhere near as much anxiety with the swim so mc type on there like for just for amy because i'm thinking amy that your anxiety may be for the swim or just maybe for you know what if i fail and you're really not going to be failing unless you have to unless you pull out for a crazy silly reason which i doubt you would here we go mc is gonna get a derider three tips up here thank you mc and oh while she's doing that i'll read it out but i'll go to we had another question oh open water stroke 
Uh, I know I posted um, Lucy Charles. Is it Lucy Charles? Yeah, you, Lucy Charles. Uh, Lucy Charles's swim stroke and a YouTube post on her swim and her uh, <clears throat> three top tips for open water swimming. Because I, I love that you guys definitely going to bat for us when the, the good old swim coach comes up beside you and says, lengthen your stroke, like uh, have a high elbow recovery, lengthen your stroke out, slow it down. And Lucy Charles, I posted something, who is the fastest swimmer in the sport for men and women. She actually catches the pro men several times. I actually, I think her swim is top two in the men. So this girl can swim. Her tips were fast stroke rate, straight arm recovery, bilateral breathing, which is very similar. That's basically our three philosophies. And she said that she swims with her brother. I think it was her brother or brother-in-law. And uh, his stroke is that long, slow, uh, long distance swimming pool stroke that will work if you're Michael Phelps in the pool. Michael Phelps get his, gets his ass kicked in open water. He admits that because that stroke, that full immersion and that long stroke, um, like you see with some pool swimmers, uh, a lot of pool swimmers just doesn't work in open water. There's chops, there's waves, there's buoys to look at, there's people to navigate. You have to have a fast stroke rate. So... I'm going to thank Lucy Charles for that because it was a great video. If you haven't seen it, make sure you watch it because um, I love that you guys will um, defend us when the swim coach asks you to do that. Uh, it's not conducive to triathlon swimming and I'm happy to argue that point with any swim coach that wants to disagree. Uh, but it, wor it worked for me. Uh, I went from being a third pack to second pack to leading the Hawaii Ironman a few years back. And uh, that stroke just, it is the best absolute stroke for open water, fast stroke rate, straight arm recovery to get over the waves, bilateral breathing for buoys, siding, and then obviously seeing where you're going and looking for the people beside you. There's usually people on both sides and you poor guys, you age groupers have like hundreds of people, not just like 20 or 30. So it's even harder for you guys. Okie dokie. So Brian is saying hi from Roth. Brian, we are wishing you all the best for the best race. I, I love Kona, but I'm telling you guys right now, the, the best absolute destination race, the best uh, delivery of a race, the best atmosphere of a race is 1 million percent Roth. I have done about 30 or 40, I don't know how many Ironmans and probably over three or 400 races. Roth, Challenge Roth is the absolute, my absolute favorite race in the entire world. You finish in a stadium. Um, there is thousands of people on the course. Every climb you have like three or four deep and they literally push you up the hill. Um, and I heard Brian say something about it's not a really hilly course. It is actually a really hard, long hills in Roth. They're not rolling or um, short, but they're very, very long climbs and they're they're not easy but the good thing is when the crowd's there you don't really notice it as much so that will help you and brian we are with you one million percent buddy you and troy out there at roth this weekend i'm kind of jealous i wish i was there absolutely amazing race guys if you haven't done it put on your bucket list because i'm telling you kona, kona is good i mean it's a world championship but the atmosphere in roth is a million times better than um than even Kona, like I honestly mean that. Uh, the race organizers are incredible. It's family run race and the, the spectating is so much better than Hawaii because Hawaii has a few people out. You can't even go down. Uh, the Queen K is really, you can't have that many people out of the Queen K or the turnaround. You can't have people in the energy lab anymore. It's not allowed. So I would say um, that, and yes, Austria, good luck to Nuno racing Austria. If you're racing this weekend, guys, let us know. I want to I wish you guys good luck. So please always, 
Write your race results on our wall. We want to congratulate you. We want to get behind you and support you. If you have races coming up, write them because we can all join up and meet up at races. Uh, make sure you do that. And let us know, guys, if you have any other questions. I'm still waiting to see if MC posted her three tips but uh, for getting over anxiety, um, but I can't. But I do actually think um, having a big breath and focusing on something different. I used to take, I used to find that uh, I get anxiety and uh, my breathing rate would increase so, so much. And um, I'd actually have to like stop and take a big, deep breath um, and then, uh, and try and focus on something completely different, whether it's somebody in the crowd or whatever, just to, honestly, it's a distraction if anything. So here we go. MC powerful questions, truly figuring out what is truly causing the anxiety, not just suppressing it. Yep, exactly. Do it more often. The best way not to be controlled by fear is doing things that scare you and practicing changing your perspective. I love that. Think empowering thoughts exactly because we yeah, exactly what you focus on is what you feel. Um, how would you like to feel instead of how do you feel right at this moment? Totally agree with you, Rebecca. Key where focus goes, energy flows. There you go, guys. I really hope that helps, Amy, because it's not something easy and it's something you're constantly training yourself on and, and you're constantly trying to work on. And you can't, I don't think you can get over anxiety over you know, in a second or overnight, but it's, it's, it's something you constantly got to work on. So Mary Carmen, Maddie, thank you for your contributions. Anyone else racing Austria? Um, a bigger cassette for Austria. When you say bigger cassette, I'm thinking you mean like 23, 25 at the back. Um, Austria doesn't have any, I know it has a couple of hills, but I cannot see you having to need more than a 25 Nino at the back. Um, I wouldn't go and change that if you've got like an 1125 or even 1123, uh, Nino, you should be totally fine. Um, if anybody else wants to tell me that if they've changed the course or whatever, I know it's only a really short, st steep bit at the very top of one climb, which I can't see anything like Lausanne or anything like that, where it's a 18% hill that you're going to need a 26 or 27. So I would say get away with the 23, 25, unless you're a really, really, really heavy rider, but I would not worry buddy at all. It's a beautiful, fast course, super, super fast. I know Rini ran a uh, 240, I think it was like a 242 there or something ridiculous like that, really, really fast. So beautiful race, downstream swim, super fast. Okay, any other questions, you guys? Do we have any other questions? 190 pounds, yeah, you might want the 25. Go the 25 just in case. Big cassette is quite right, 983. I don't know what that means, Jason. Jason Reinhardt, what does quite right, 1983 mean? <laughs> I don't understand what that means. My feet, oh, yes, sorry, Crystal. Yes, your feet falling asleep on the bike. And I have tried a lot to work out. I know there's a couple of things that can cause this. Um, so Crystal was asking us about her feet going numb after 30, 40 minutes on the bike. And this did used to happen to me. And I know that a lot of people get this. I actually used to get a burning sensation under the ball of my foot. And it was definitely to do with cleat position um, more than anything else from what I have gathered from information of people that have had this issue. And um, I've talked to people about trying to, trying to fix it. And Ivan O'Gorman, our retail bike fitter, I mean, if they're falling asleep, like going numb, it could be that your cleat is uh, too far too far forward and your toes have too much pressure um, when you're pushing down on the axle. So the crank uh, is attached to um, the, the pedal axle. And if you're 
so this is the crank right now <laughs> let me see if i can do this properly and if the, the the axle's here and you're pushing too much with your toe it can make them go numb so i would bring the cleat back on your shoe and get it more right on the ball of your foot so this is the just say this is the ball of your foot you want the actual axle to sit right your pedal axle to sit right on the ball of your foot um on the big bone of your foot i'm not going to put my foot up in front of the camera because that's embarrassing <laughs> um but yeah that's what that's what jason's saying too it's to do with the bike fit um the cleat position for sure thank you jason for clarifying that um and i'll i'll find out if i can think of anything else but i do think if your cleat is a long way forward on your shoe i would try and pulling it back i have my cleat all the way back as far as it will go and i still think that's and a lot of like the top riders will actually have special plates where they can move it even further back so the, the cleats right in the middle of the shoe but i would say bring it back and thank you jason for reiterating this jason reinhardt is a, is a bit of an expert on bike fitting and bike setup so i would push you want to be pushing with the ball of your foot like when you're running you're sitting on the forefoot or the the ball of your foot that's where you want to be landing um you guys should know that that's the best place to land same with with riding you want to be pushing through the ball of your foot so i would make sure the cleats there so try that see that crystal send us a photo of your shoes and let us know um that may fix everything not having them too tight, um, make sure you can breathe in there. And I know that when I didn't have socks on, um, certain socks would irritate and um, cause friction and cause a burning sensation under my foot. And I was just, I had to have special cotton socks, specific ones that didn't move in my shoe, having proper fitted shoes so that um, I didn't get that burning feeling. The burning thing got me, the numbness wasn't so bad, but the burning was, ugh, it's terrible. Cool. All right, you guys, uh, any other questions? Just laugh, Beck. I'm not sure. Brian, yes, I'm always laughing. So good luck to everybody racing Austria and Roth. Um, I can't believe it's on the same weekend. That's just crazy. I saw Frankfurt last weekend was extremely hot race. I cannot believe poor old Sarah Groff um, collapsed a mile from the finish. That's just devastating, but I, I feel her. It's just, I feel so sorry for her. She's the winner in my eyes. And... Um, Jan Fredona have an amazing day in Frankfurt. He still went so bloody fast in that heat, two forty five and a hundred degree heat. It's pretty awesome. And I love that I love the sportsmanship when uh Oh, Diana Hassel just came on. So I hope she can hear me. I wanna congratulate you, Miss Diana Hassel, for winning your seventy point three. I don't know if this lady's ever lost a race, to be honest, in the last few years, ever. Um, let us know if I'm wrong, but I, I actually don't know if you've ever lost a race. You're kind of not like my Vanessa Cook, who, <laughs> who's podium him every single race too. But congratulations, Diana. I know you're on the podium with Jill, so that's just awesome. Change your worn insoles in the bike shoes too. Oh, thank you, Ben. Now, Ben's another incredible cyclist. Ben actually rode like 51 minutes for 40K, you guys, so this dude can ride. I wonder when he dropped me in training up the hill why... He was dropping me and then I realized it's because the guy has like an insane, um, insane pain threshold, but also insane level of fitness on the bike, incredible rider. So he's saying to change your insoles in your bike shoes if they're worn, because that can be worn through. I remember one day my cleat had almost gone through the other side to the inside of my shoe. So watch that too. Um, anything else you guys let me know yeah i'm so glad you caught up diner and jill that's so awesome i haven't seen jill come on but i know jill koski was third in your race so you guys had amazing days laverne um had a pr and we had several other inc incredible results um on the weekend let us know you guys if there's no more questions i'm going to say goodbye i want to thank kim 
Cam Langsford, who keeps our team together. He is the backbone to this club. He's amazing, and we couldn't do it without him. You guys, um, we are going to have a special for Independence Day, which I'm about to put up. Uh, we do these like every few months um, just to try and bring some excitement to the club. So we do, we are going to have a half price special coming up on Independence Day, which I will post for you guys. Um, thank you, my amazing team. I love you guys. Um, love everybody. Love Cam. I'm sorry, Siri didn't make it on. Uh, we have, it's, it's horrible. We have 26 horses and um, we had the farrier and the teeth person out, the vet out today to do teeth floats. And it's these poor horses just sleepy for like three hours after. So Siri probably out there making sure they're not choking on their food or their hay <laughs> thanks wifey for taking one for the team but thank you guys thank you cam amy maddie uh, mary cameron all you guys that contribute diana ben uh brian crystal jace everybody on here maddie veller amy uh and perry hogan i didn't see you come on nuno and perry hogan how are you i love you i miss you I think that was all Brian. Brian, who's probably falling asleep now in Roth, have an amazing, amazing day. Get to that race, guys. Don't miss it. It's the best race in the world. And I'm definitely not getting anything for saying that. It's the absolute truth. It is the bomb, that race. So Jason Reinhardt, thank you. Um, I want to quickly finish off with uh, Maddie Pesh is getting our Quintana Roo PR6 frame as a uh, little gift for uh, qualifying for world champs. Siri and I had to pick someone and obviously it was a no-brainer that Maddie Pesh has absolutely earned her stripes with her PR6 bike frame. I don't know what color she's getting yet. I'm hoping we can get a custom job. Jason Reinhardt, let's make that happen. And um, we are giving uh, Maddie a brand new frame for her um, as, a, as a gift from Siri and I. Thanks to Quintana Roo, our amazing sponsors. So we're also going to auction one off you guys um, to raise money for the rescue. So there you go. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, everyone. Um, and I will see you guys on Monday. Don't be worried about we're asking too many questions. We will always answer them. If we don't, tag Maddie, tag me, tag Siri in the questions. Even if they're about the programs, the training programs, that's what we're here for. So uh, love you guys so much. I want to say thank you, Mona. I'm so excited to be coaching Mona Tobias now one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we've been very close friends for a long time. She's a horse person too, so she's one of my people. And we're finally going to be doing one-on-one -on -one coaching after um, a long, long time of waiting to, to make this happen. So I'm really excited to have a spot uh, available for her. So yay, I'm excited about that. Love you guys over and out. Thank you. Independence Day sale coming up as soon as I get off this uh, live chat. Bye. Hey there, Cam here again. Thanks for listening. And just a reminder, if you want to join these chats live, you can join the club over at www.teamseriousclub.com.